0: Minutes a day 365 days a year
1: this is the pack a day podcast
0: hello everybody welcome to another episode of the pack a day podcast your one-stop shop for everything green and gold it is episode 599 today is well, the sports world has come to a stop. There is still NFL stuff to talk about. There's still Packers stuff to talk about. As free agency is just around the corner. Cuts are being made for salary cap reasons. And there's a lot of guys, and with the Packers history, that could look pretty good in green and gold and not cost a comp pick in the next year's 2021 draft. My name is Mike and I'm joined by Tyler Grezegork and Chris Schimmel. And guys, it's kind of slow around the world right now, but there's still a lot of Packers stuff going on.
1: It's a great, it's a great time. Uh, I'm hoping that the CBA gets gets pushed through and approved, and that we actually have a free agency to uh, monitor because there's nothing else going on right now. So um, I understand that they do decide to delay it, but I'm, I'm selfishly hoping that they don't because I'm going to need something to divert my attention to for the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And and Chris, when with everything going on right now it's a good to get away and still look at football because luckily we have months and months for everything to hopefully get past us and for us to recover and move on. But luckily there's still football to look back on. There's still Packers stuff to look back on. And there's still a lot of players out there who are going to be looking for work.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it just makes you wonder if you were a football fan or growing up and watching football in the seventies or the eighties before there was the free agency. I can't imagine what an off season would have been like back then. So that's what kind of makes, especially now with uh, goodiccons being active in free agency compared to Thompson, it's almost like there is no off season when it comes to uh, football. So yeah, it's exciting and hopefully, of course they don't postpone anything, but we'll see what happens.
0: For sure, and of course the new league year starts next week. Uh, free agency will not be too far behind, but of course there are guys that can be even signed right now. They're those guys who have been cut for salary cap reasons. They are eligible to go right now. That's a spot that the Packers have been really successful in the past. Guys like Julius Peppers, uh, Mo Wilkerson, Jared Cook was of that same boat. Guys like that who can come in, veterans who won't cost a lot, but they can come in and really help short things up. And and there's some very interesting names this year. Uh, We'll go through them over the next few minutes and just kind of look at whether they will fit in Green Bay and whether they will fit under Matt LaFoon, under the salary cap that we have right now with Brian Cootekun's moves that he's made over the past couple of years. So we might as well get started. The first one that came out, or well, well, even before that, let's take a look at and give a little memorial for Jimmy Graham because the, the two-year tight end has been re- officially released by the Packers. He, he sent out a very a heartwarming message thanking the team for the two years that he had in Green Bay. And we can all agree it didn't go as planned. It wasn't ideal with how everything went. But it seemed like there's no hard feelings there, and Graham was respected. He was liked by his teammates and his coaches, and I hope he. I hope the best for him, and I hope he can maybe have one more year with somewhere else and, and kind of remind people why he was such a big name to begin with.
2: Yeah, you know, one thing about Jimmy that, of course, will always resonate with Packer fans is that epic catch that sealed the game in the playoffs against Seattle. So hopefully when people look back, that's the first thing that they'll think of, not the whole, you know, he was a— overall yes he did disappoint he didn't live up to his huge contract but hopefully years when we look back that's the first thing that'll come to people's minds
1: tyler what are your thoughts on jimmy uh i think you know my thoughts on jimmy graham i i thought he got a way too much hate all the time and obviously he didn't perform up to his contract level but um his time in green bay ultimate was a failure but uh, there were some, there were some positives and some silver linings to take away from his time in Green Bay, and that Seattle game is definitely going to be one of them. Um, you know, I'll not gonna, it's not, I'm not gonna say I won't forget Jimmy Graham because I probably will at some point, but at the same time, you know, when we do reflect, that is definitely going to be his shining moment in Green Bay, and uh, what a way for him to go out. And yeah, he, he was a class act the entire way, so so good for him. I do hope he lands on his feet, and I hope he's able to have another. Maybe another two seasons somewhere else, and uh, really kind of restore his name.
0: One hundred percent. So officially, there will be a new starting tight end in Green Bay next year. One of the one person who will not be will be Hunter Henry. He was franchise tagged by the Chargers, so they lose Philip Rivers, but they're going to keep one of his favorite receivers. As Henry is locked up by the Chargers for at least one more year, we'll see what goes on for that. But among players that have been released. There, there are seriously a lot of them, and the first one who's already met with the Packers is linebacker Christian Kirksey. He was released on Tuesday by the Browns. Uh, it saved them just over $6.5 million in cap space because he's been battling injuries the past couple of years, but a guy with experience with Mike Petton, a guy with experience playing in a 3-4 style defense, and a pretty good player when he was healthy as well. Uh, Chris, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on Christian Kirksey? Do you think he'd be a good fit in Green Bay?
2: Um. Possibly, yeah. No, I also heard about him uh, visiting with the Raiders, so there's going to be competition in order to get him. Um, if you overall, you take a look, he didn't uh, play with Harley at all for the Browns the last you know, only nine games over the last two years, but you take a look at the production he put up in 2016 and 2017, hopefully that's what they'll be able to get, because what are the odds of them keeping Blake Martinez and B.J. Goodson? So, they're looking at not just to maintain what what they've had at the linebacker position, but to improve. But ho- hopefully, I mean, it's going to be a stretch to get him. If you take a look at his, his production since he came into the league, it's been great. I know there are other linebackers in free agency too, but I think it's going to be tough to get somebody like him. But what do you, what do you guys think? What are the odds of them actually landing, landing him compared to other linebackers that are, are available?
1: Well, you've got the obvious Browns Green Bay connection, which has been fruitful for both teams so far, um, and and then Mike Pettin, you know, familiarity with the player and the player familiarity with the coach, you know, that's going to be a positive. But there's certainly a market for Christian Kirksey. And- I
2: think they can definitely get him over
1: shoulder, you know,
2: in terms of money wise because of these last two seasons with 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 the that he's had in Cleveland.
1: So would you say I do think we're going to be surprised by the Kirksey contract though? Even though he was cut, I think he's going to get a bigger deal than a lot of people are thinking because there's a market for him. Uh, you know, he's been hosted by several teams already, and I think there's an obvious um, desire to, to unlock the upside and the potential that was on display in 2017. So, you know, I, I think teams are going to be willing to take a shot and they're going to be willing to pay for it because, like I said, there's a market for him. So, um, you know, the, the supply will meet the demand, and he will get a decent deal, I think, bigger than most people are probably projecting right now.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think there is that Green Bay-Cleveland connection, and that was also when Cleveland was at its most successful in recent years, was that time. But I agree with Tyler's all well, that the contract may be a little bit surprising for a guy like Kirksey. Uh, he's still a little bit of a name compared to what some of the other guys are like. He's probably more of a name than a guy like Nick Kwiatkowski, or s- so to say. But So that might be interesting, especially the fact that he has gotten so much interest now because he was seen as a leader also on, on that Cleveland team, even when he was hurt, he was a locker room leader there. So th- there's definitely some intangibles that could get him a little bit extra money as well. Uh, another linebacker earlier this week, I'd be shocked if the Packers even looked at him, was Tahir Whitehead. Uh, do you guys think anything about that after he got cut by the Raiders? He started every game the last two years.
1: Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I was never the biggest fan of uh, Tahir Whitehead, even when he was in Detroit, but uh, He's just a – I think he's a role player and um, not really somebody that you're going to bring into Green Bay to start. You know, that's what they've been doing for the last couple years uh, aside from Blake Martinez is you just bring in role guys in to kind of fill the hole for the year. And, you know, that's fine as a a temporary band-aid, but they need to find long-term solutions, not not just one anymore because with the departure of Blake Martinez, they now need to find a couple different – Uh, a couple different long-term solutions you know I I think for the longest time they have not had a plan at the inside linebacker position and that's what ultimately really needs to change Um, I I firmly believe that Brian Gutekunst is going into this offseason with a plan to revamp that inside linebacker position whether it's through free agency or in the draft you know I, I think I'd prefer it be in the draft but at the same time you know a rookie linebacker is going to have learning curves and uh the inside linebacker position is going to be one of the toughest positions to play in the nfl from a mental standpoint and so you're going to want a guy to mentor him as well and they don't currently have that at the position so i I honestly think that the best course of action is a sign and then draft uh, scenario for the Packers, and you're running, you're running two linebackers. Even though Mike Pettine doesn't do that, and, you know, I think somebody made the point on, on Twitter, I can't remember who, but I was reading through the conversation. You know, he likes to run one linebacker, but what if he has two good ones? Maybe he would start running two linebackers, and so um, it's going to be an interesting um, off season for sure, and uh, we'll, we'll see what they ultimately decide to do. But I think signing and drafting is going to be the way that this team needs to address the position.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I I wouldn't go near Whitehead. He's very limited, and with the with the contract he got from the Raiders, I think he's gonna try and find something even sixty percent of that, which is almost four million dollars. So I'm kind of gone of that. On the same day, this is just because I kind of want to laugh. Is Tremaine Johnson got released by the Jets? And I remember when he was the big free agent haul, and well, that worked out about as well as T.J. Rubley. So just kind of moving past Tremaine Johnson. Some other guys to keep an eye on. Uh, Rashad Jones is getting cut by the Dolphins. We, we've talked in the past about, do you want to bring in another safety and have Darnell Savage kind of take that honey badger type role? Would Rashad Jones be a guy like that? Chris? Um, I'm not sure, simply because I feel
2: that the Packers should look at other positions in terms of free agency instead of a, instead of safety. I understand where you're coming from. But I just feel with, with the needs that they have and the holes that they have, they should look elsewhere besides safety. But what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think that they should use free agency to bring in some role players this year. Um, their primary uh, influx of talent this season should come from the draft, in my opinion. Um, you know, outside of Austin Hooper... I don't think there's any guy in free agency that's really worth splurging for right now. Maybe if you really want to go in on a corner, I, I don't think they would want to go in on a Byron Jones, though, or, or Chris Harris. I, I honestly feel like they just want to kind of develop the talent they have on the roster. Um, depends on how they feel about Josh Jackson as well. <clears throat> but I think that the, the biggest influx of talent needs to come from the, the draft. And free agency this year would be great for role players. You know, a guy like a Delaney Walker or a Nick Kwiatkowski or uh, Christian Kirksey, the guys we've been talking about, you know, I think those are the types of players that are bountiful in this year's free agency and what you need to do for this Packers team.
2: Yeah, if you had to choose though, like one position if you had in free agency this year, what position do you think the Packers should go go after the most? Based on the talent out there right now.
1: So, I I would say, yeah, I would I would say tight end. That would be my uh, but, I mean, even even now with Hunter, with Hunter Henry gone, I, I, I am not sure anymore because Hooper's going to have a big market, and so they might get outpriced. What about Eric? Uh, um, was it. Brown, yeah.
2: I mean, he had a down year last year, but if you looked at what he did just two years ago with Andrew Luck when he had career highs and catches, yards, and touchdowns, 16 touchdowns the last two years, I think he could be somebody that they can look at. So like, as a Plan B or Plan C option, maybe after Austin Hooper,
0: I'm torn on Ebron because it took him two teams and Andrew Luck to finally realize some of his potential. After he got drafted in the top ten, he's not a great blocker. He at times he has he's had issues with drops. Uh, I just I don't know about Ebron. I don't know if I. I just don't quite – I don't know for sure. So, I, I probably wouldn't go for him.
2: So so in tight end-wise, in, in free agency, it's Hooper or Bust. Nobody else after Hooper. Go after a different position. And Walker at a value. Walker, though, he's he's played only eight games the last two years. He's 35. Do you really think he's going to have that much of an
1: impact? As a, as a role model and a mentor for Jay Sternberg, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, he, he's a guy who can block and he can – he he can block he can catch you know he's not overly dynamic anymore considering he's 35 years old and he's had several injuries but i mean ACLs for the most part are freak injuries and maybe there's something to be said that i think he's torn his ACL twice i'm not quite sure about that you can fact fact check me on that one but the point is i i think he can still play i think he still wants to play he has a connection with the floor he knows the offense he wouldn't come at an overly steep price tag you know Ultimately I think Sternberger is the option for you, but he still needs time to develop. Titans are notorious for taking a long time to develop, so why not add a, an older an older player to help facilitate that process for Sternberger and, and ultimately I, I just don't see the downside of it. I think it's a I think it's a low risk, high upside type move and you know, even the upside is limited with Walker because of the age and the injury concern, but I don't see much risk in it. And I think that's why I'm ultimately going to go for it because I just don't believe he's going to get a major contract. So that's the thing. Yeah. He can't get a major contract because if you're going to, if you're looking at him as
2: a guy as a more of a mentor and uh, to be a role model, can't pay a guy a huge lofty sum, if that's going to be his primary responsibility. So I feel they're going to have to give him for an incredibly cheap deal. If at all, that's just, just what I think.
0: Walk Delaney Walker to me is we'll just jump into it now. Reminds me of the Jared Cook situation. Cook, in a way, as far as it'll be a cheaper contract after a cut, because Cook was cut by the Red after underachieving. He comes to Green Bay on a cheap deal, performs well, and moves on. Walker has been a pro bowler for years. He's been a borderline all-pro type player for a long time with the Titans and before that with the 49ers. He gets cut now. He can come in on a cheap one-year prove-it deal, show that he's still got some stuff in the tank, that he's healthy, And with the experience as an H-back and as an inline tight end and as a move uh, tight end, he's a guy who can really teach a lot towards Sternberger. Because we saw Sternberger play all three of those spots at different times late last season. I'm with Tyler. I think Walker, it it makes a lot of sense to bring in uh, him and Lewis combined mentoring, whether it's uh, Sternberger and Tanyan or, or another rookie coming in. I think those two are invaluable.
2: Oh yeah, I, I'm not saying don't bring them in. I'm just saying if they're going to, it better be on a really cheap deal. If other teams are really throwing money at them, then don't don't try to match. If if you're just looking at them to be a mentor, that's just what I think.
1: Well, I think that's a given at this point. I, yeah, I, I can't see any NFL franchise throwing money at a guy like Mercedes Lewis or or a guy like Delaney Walker. I, I feel like would you would you rather
2: have Walker? Would you rather have a Mercedes Lewis leave and and go with Walker if you had to choose?
0: Yes. Yes. So, continuing with the theme of the Titans, they made a lot of moves this week as well. They One, they cut Delaney Walker, was one was one of them, and they also cut Deion Lewis and Cameron Wake earlier this week as well. They also made another another cut, if I'm trying to make sure I find it correctly. They also cut Ryan Suckup, but we don't care about kickers. We already have one. <laughs> so, Cameron Wake and Deion Lewis. There's a lot of talk about training for Deion Lewis going into last season. Do you think there's any... Any fire there?
2: I don't think so. He hasn't really. thinks so. He hasn't really done much since he left New England. He hasn't yeah.
1: really done anything after leaving New England. I, I think there's a little bit, but he has value as a receiver. Is he a good? Is he a good runner? Definitely not. You know, you're getting you. What you see is what you get with Deion Lewis. But I mean, I'm not saying that I would go out and shell out money for Deion Lewis or that I would go out and trade for Deion Lewis. However it's not a coincidence that Matt LaFleur was brought into Tennessee and then all of a sudden Deion Lewis is there as a free agent you know Derek Henry overtook last took overtook that backfield last year and who was not there any longer it was Matt LaFleur so there, I, there's an obvious connection there because in LaFleur's year in Tennessee he wanted to get Dion Lewis the ball they they handicapped Henry for it I, I just I'm not saying that it's like a given that these that there's going to be interest there or that they're going to pursue Dion Lewis but I would not be the least bit surprised and especially with the uncertainty moving forward of the running back depth which is something that LaFleur has talked about you know why not bring in a veteran guy like that and then you don't have to worry about drafting one either because then you can work on Jones's long-term deal they can figure out what they want to do with Williams long term I don't think he's going to get a second contract in Green Bay but he very well might Uh, you know I I just think it would make a lot of sense on a cheap deal and that's what that's kind of goes back to what I was talking about is using this free agency to find role players find guys you can come in veteran guys who you can depend on in a third down situation or to be a third string running back or to be your backup tight end or or your backup pass rusher whatever role you envision for these guys I think this free agency is rich with that and I, I think Dion Lewis falls into that category.
0: That's fair enough. And so Tyler, I'll ask you the same question that Chris asked us with Walker. Would you rather have Deion Lewis for cheap deal or bring back Tyler Irvin? Because they'd be kind of the similar player, wouldn't they?
1: Uh, I'd probably rather have Tyler Irvin because I think Irvin is a little bit more dynamic than Lewis. Lewis is a very dependable receiver, uh, but he's not overly dynamic. Um, so, you know, you're getting a reliable uh, checkdown guy in, in Deion Lewis, a guy you can depend on to get those five yards for you if you need them. But it, I think Irvin provides more upside, even at 26, I think he is now. 26 years old, I think he provides more upside. and got um, obviously got the familiarity with the offense. Not that Diaz, Deion Lewis doesn't, but uh, as we've seen in the past, the familiarity with Aaron Rodgers. And what he wants to do is a big deal as well, and Irvin's got the upside there.
0: Fair enough, and, and the best part about this, this whole conversation is that all these guys are available to sign now before free agency even starts. Uh, a couple other guys as well. And the Chargers made some moves besides franchising Hunter Henry. And these are both guys who we could have some interesting conversations. Uh, Brandon Meebane, a uh, defensive lineman, was released. And Thomas Davis, the linebacker. And if he's if Davis is interested in playing again, could he play 3-4 inside? And uh, I'm interested because he's a guy who's got a great reputation in locker rooms. He's been a good player for a long time. Another guy who's bounced back from uh, numerous injuries as, as a younger guy shows great endurance and resilience. Uh, Chris, I'll ask you, or or either Meebane or Davis, could you think you could see any of those guys if they want to continue playing in Green Bay?
2: Um, Possibly, yeah. Given that we were talking about needing a linebacker with veteran experience, because linebackers are the quarterbacks of the defense. And so I, I, I could see Thomas Davis, I know we were talking about some of the Browns linebackers, but I could see him coming in. I know he was an outside linebacker. If you take a look, he still has... Still had a really good uh, season with the chargers after two subpar seasons in Carolina. So I do think once again, he is 36. I can see him coming in simply because we need veteran leadership to direct players. And I, I just can't see the Packers drafting a linebacker in the mid rounds and expecting, you know, him to be thrust in and be able to be a leader right away. So I, I just think that they need a veteran linebacker. Thomas Davis is up there and, uh, between him and some of the I don't know I'm I'm up in the air
1: with this what do you guys think it's all about the value okay so I could sit here and be like oh Thomas Davis at a million dollars a year veteran minimum great bring him in Uh, but better Thomas Davis four million five million definitely not you know so it's all about the value and I think that's why it's such a hard question to answer Certainly, if he has interest in coming into Green Bay and the Packers want to do a draft, uh, a sign one, draft one, you know, philosophy like they have in the past with these positions that they've had a need at, then certainly, you know, try to bring in Thomas Davis on a cheap deal, uh, try to bring in a on a cheap deal, and then go draft one with a first or second round pick. But it's all about the value. And uh, that's why it's such a hard question to answer, to be honest.
0: I'm in the very same boat. Plus, you'd have to uh, talk with Devonta Adams make sure they clear the hatchet there. But on the other side, what about Brandon Meebane? Six eleven, three eleven. 3'11". Uh, he is 35, two-down, run-stopping type defensive tackle. We, we've talked all offseason about Green Bay needing that one or two extra defensive linemen to really plug the gap and, and hold the line. Could Meebane be one of those guys? It'd probably be cheaper than a guy like Michael Pierce or Brockers.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know... I think that that has to be one of the primary areas of concern as they move into uh, areas to address this offseason. season um, Kenny Clark simply can't do it all by himself. He does a fantastic job doing what he's asked to do, but he just simply can't do it by himself, uh, especially on the interior. He's just getting he's just getting manhandled by two to three dudes at a time. Like we need there needs to be a body down there with Kenny Clark to allow him to work um, and then also you know not only does that help Kenny Clark that helps free up the blockers on the outside the tackles to go one-on-one with the Darius and Preston and Rayshon Gary you know when they decide to unleash him and however they do that and there's just so many different things that they could do if they get themselves another strong, run-stopping defensive tackle, a guy to eat up bodies, and hopefully free up these linebackers, these new linebackers that will be arriving in Green Bay, they're going to need guys in front of them to eat up the block so they can go make plays, you know? It, the, I think there are a number of options between Linval Joseph, Michael Brockers, Michael Pierce, Brandon Mebane. There's just so many options that if Green Bay can't dip into that, di- that backup defensive tackle market... I would kind of consider that a failure in this, in this year's free agency. Amen.
0: Very well put. So you brought up the name Lindvall Joseph. So let's just jump into that one as well. That happened on, on Friday. Lindvall Joseph was cut by the Vikings along with Xavier Rhodes, so the roads are wide open again in Minnesota. And someone made a point I saw on Twitter a few minutes ago was, Xavier Rhodes was drafted in 13. His coach from 2014 to 19 was Jerry Gray. I'm not saying do it because I think it'd be crazy, but could Rhodes rediscover that talent on a new team? I don't know. I don't.
2: I mean, obviously the Vikings don't think so. Especially after you know after what happened in, you know against Seattle on Monday Night Football. I mean, the guy I, he gave up over an eighty percent completion rate. That that's unbelievable and. For somebody to go from having that all pro season he had in 2017 to this, I don't know, it's kind of, but I understand the Packers in terms of cornerbacks, like Tremont Williams, how long is he going to last? Josh Jackson hasn't really turned out. And then what are the odds of Kevin King being healthy for two consecutive seasons? So I understand maybe dipping into the cornerback market, but in terms of Xavier Rhodes getting back to that elite all pro, I'm not sure. And I, we all know that the Vikings love drafting cornerbacks in the first round, so that's what that's what I'm expecting them to do in this draft.
1: Yeah, I, you know, maybe the coach is super high on Xavier Rhodes, Jerry Gray, but <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record here. It's all about the value. If you can bring in a guy like Xavier Rhodes who has who has played at a high level at one point in his career for one year of his career, but if you can bring in a guy like that on a cheap deal and a a cheap prove-it deal, then why not? You know, they need the depth at the corner position. I don't know what they're going to do with Josh Jackson. I don't even think the Packers know what they're going to do with Josh Jackson. It it can't hurt to have a guy behind Jermon Williams and Kevin King and Jair Alexander that can come in and and be a press corner. And and, um, not... Maybe I think the lights got a little bit too too bright for for Xavier Rhodes in Minnesota. I, I honestly believe that, but I mean... You can't even go to the argument that he had uh, bad safety play behind him because he didn't. He had two of the best safeties last year in the entire league playing behind him. And then on the other side, you know, he, he got all the number one wide receivers because the corners, the other, the second corner, the third corner from Minnesota was pretty poor also. So maybe, you know, he can be better as a guy who can cover number two receivers and not be stuck on number one guys the entire time. I don't know, you know, I think there's too many unknowns with Xavier Rhodes. I'm not committing a lot of financial resources to him. I mean, I'm assuming that Minnesota would have tried to trade him and they still couldn't do that. So they ended up just cutting him. Like, I don't know. It's tough to say, but again, it's about the value. Um, when, you dip, when you're dipping into free agency, you're always going through other teams' uh, piles of trash. And uh, I don't know, Maybe maybe Rhodes is the shiniest piece of garbage in that, pile of trash but i don't i don't i just don't see it (laughs) well yeah i mean
2: after the monday night football he said to the press uh i'm out the door so he obviously knew he wasn't going to be coming back to minnesota after the year so yeah i'm with you i i i I mean the key word is cheap can you get him for a cheap deal and I, i don't see that i i can see some team really gambling that he'll return to all his old form
0: Agreed, as Minnesota, I think, is now under the salary cap. They cleared up almost $19 just on those two players in Linval Joseph and Xavier Rhodes. Joseph's a little more, I think, tenable, potentially, depending, again, on, as Tyler says, on on the value for Linval Joseph coming as a run-stopping nose tackle. But let's switch over as we wrap things up to the offensive side. There's a couple offensive tackles who got cut for different reasons. It's kind of an interesting scenario uh, the first one is former Badger Rick Wagner got cut by Detroit, and that'll save uh, that'll save $6 million on the cap for the Lions. But Wagner's early 30s, a guy who was a, a good tackle for the Ravens, didn't quite live up to that in Detroit. Packers, look, they might need a right tackle, but is Wagner going to cost too much? The
2: question is, is he, is he going to cost more than Balaga?
0: Oh, you shouldn't. Um, I can't see any. No way. Yeah.
1: No, no, I would be, no. I, I, I would. I don't even know. I like that. That my flabbergastedness right now is exactly how I'd feel if I saw that.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Is once, like you said, it comes down to value. Can you get them for a good deal? So, I have no idea
0: because there, there's a because the talk of is bringing back Jared Valdir if, if Blogger leaves. Which I'm um, informed makes sense. The thing is, Wagner is at least three years younger. Uh, he's been a starting tackle for longer, and there's just that whole thing is if you get him for six million, is that a good deal? You think?
2: And to be honest, I don't. I know has had injuries in the past, and he played well last year. I don't know if I can see that happening for two straight seasons. I, I really do think that I'd rather go with the cheaper option at offensive tackle, maybe draft an offensive line, which the Packers have done really successfully in, you know, in the fourth, fifth rounds. So I can see them drafting, having them sit behind them, and bring in a guy like him who we can get on a cheaper deal than Bulaga. I think it, that's just what I think.
1: I am not a big fan of bringing in Wagner. I'd rather just kick Turner out to tackle, even though I don't think that's even his best spot, which kind of speaks to my thoughts on Wagner.
0: Fair enough. And the other offensive lineman was cut by the Bungles. That is Cordy Glenn. Uh, Glenn, who only played in six games that year with concussion and suspension issues. It's the middle of a big four-year contract. It'll save $9 million in salary cap space. Cordy Glenn, a very athletic tackle. He was really good in Buffalo. Obviously it didn't work in Cincinnati. Is all this potential baggage there is every is, is there any thought of even kicking the tires on a guy like Cordy Glenn, if you're Brian against
1: I'd rather kick the tires on Glenn than I would Wagner. Fair enough, Chris. Um,
2: once again, I'm not sure if it comes down to value, really not sure. Just being honest.
0: Fair enough. So yeah, th- that's really kind of the cut market right now. Uh, uh, just some news as well around the NFL that, that may affect free agency is that uh, Danny Gervathan has signed a three-year extension with Chicago through 2022. So that's another linebacker off the market. And that also basically means that Nick Kwiatkowski will not be coming back to Chicago, which opens things up once the league year begins on Wednesday. So there there's a lot of cut guys out there who can be signed right now who, who are probably going to start doing probably video visits at this point. Uh, we've already heard Kirk visiting in Green Bay, and with everything going on, this is where the Packers have made a lot of significant moves over the pa- over the years under the head Thompson era and now in Brian Gutekunst's run as well. So as we wrap things up, Chris, do you think do you think we see any of these guys make the move into Green Bay? I think there's so much
2: role players out there that it'd be hard to see them not not to make a splash with at least some of these players. I, I just feel like they have to, especially, I mean, they have how much how much salary cap room? They have $27 million in salary cap room. If they if they let Lane Taylor go, that'll add another four. I can see them getting some of these role players. I really do. And then they can get some good guys in the draft who can develop. I, I can see some players also taking a big step this next year. So, yeah, if they don't do anything, yeah, I consider this a
0: failed offseason. Tyler, I ask you the same question.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with, um, I'm kind of with Chris there. I I'd rather, um, I think they keep playing Taylor because I think that they can, I think that they're comfortable with him as a sixth offensive lineman or even starting at right tackle potentially. Um, I'm not comfortable with that, but they might be. Uh, at the same time, I think that they just take that 27 million and spread it out over say four guys. You know, go get four or five role guys, bring them in. Um, and draft Uh, I think that's ultimately the best course of action right now Um, this is a good year to to have some money in free agency because there's quite a few players out there but um, I think that they really need to you know think about what their areas of need which would be tight end offensive tackle uh, linebacker and that's about it you know maybe maybe interior defensive line and corner are, are the second tier but finding those areas of strength like they did with the edge position last year, the edge position was strong in free agency and they went out and they, they bogarted the edge position in free agency last year and took a, two of the top players and, and then went into the draft and took a project player in Ray Gary, uh, with a, with their 12th pick. So I, I think that we're going to see a different tune this year. Uh, and that's going to be going out and getting the role players and drafting premium talent in the, uh, in the draft.
0: Yeah. With both of you guys, I, 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 I think it's going to be a free agency period of patching, not not exactly uh, going big or swinging for the fences. So I think there's going to be a lot of, like Tyler said, roll guys. So I, I For some reason, I've now got it in my head that Delaney Walker will be in Green Bay, and I am going to be pushing for that until it doesn't happen. Uh, I, I think we're going to see, hopefully, Walker, uh, a big, large fence alignment to hold up on rundowns, and maybe a veteran linebacker, and I think that'll be it. They'll bring back Valdir to play right tackle, and then, then, like you said, it'll be through the draft. They're going to start to get young again. They're going to bring in a lot of these young, talented prospects to come in and become the next generation of leading the Packers back into the playoffs, back into a Super Bowl contention again after last year, and just kind of building from there. So that being said, we will start to wrap things up here on the Packer Day Podcast, episode 599. Chris Schimmel, where can people find you, and are you working on anything?
2: I'm working on anything right now. It will eventually, but uh, right now you can just find me on Twitter at, at Chris
1: Schimmel. Tyler? Uh, as always, on Twitter at uh, Tyler underscore Grez. And uh, be on the lookout for the Cheesehead TV TV uh, draft guide coming out at the end of the month. Uh, pre-orders should be out now, so definitely go check that out. It's a, it's a great work, so... Uh, great collection of work, I should say. There's a lot of people that put a lot of time and effort into it. So uh, be sure to uh, go get that pre-order in. Uh, save yourself a couple bucks. Uh, but that comes out at the end of the month.
0: Absolutely. And you can find me on Twitter, at Mike Uh Still working uh, at Dairyland Express, doing a lot of writing there. A lot of Right now, a lot of mock draft roundtable type stuff. So keep an eye on that, DairylandExpress.com. It's a fan-sided affiliate. And, of course, check out all of us more on the Packet A podcast and all of our great contributors as well on the Packet A Podcast, at Packet A Podcast on Twitter, and wherever podcasts are found, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, we will all be there as well. So stay tuned tomorrow for episode 600, Andy will be there to guide us through that. And for Chris Schimmel and for Tyler Grizzacourt, this is Mike Welland saying so long for now. We'll talk to you next time on the Packaday A Podcast. And as always, Go Pack Go!